Hello and welcome back to the Sports Brief Podcast. Uh, another big week, couple weeks down. We're busy, man. All right, we're grown, man. We've uh, got other things to do. Uh, we welcome to the show Mr. Kyle Showalter. Man, thanks for coming on, man. Of course, man. Glad to be back. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we knew this was uh, for a debate that we're having today. We need we need to get somebody on that uh, newest stuff. And then, as always, we got Mr. Faithful Tristan, dude. How's it going? It's going good. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, as probably some of you saw, we're uh, going to be doing the greatest quarterback of all time debate. Um, and we're going to kind of push that to the end of the show uh, to talk about a couple of other things, including the Melvin Gordon versus Philip Lindsay debate, as well as uh, where and uh, where, well, just where Cam Newton will go. Uh, because, I mean, hey, he's still one heck of a quarterback. So uh, without further ado, before we get into this, make sure you guys subscribe down below uh, for all the latest sporting takes, even though in the middle of uh, a pandemic, just make sure that you guys get, take, take your mind off and make sure you guys uh, subscribe, uh, follow us on all uh, social media, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever you feel like doing. Um, and then uh, also, please remember to check out our website at uh, thesportsbeatpodcast.com. I'm not going to put in the WWD because it's pointless at this point. So anyway, let's jump into it. Uh, let's get to it. I think we're both, all of us are uh, rearing to go. So uh, we got to start with this whole running back debate, Philip Lindsay versus uh, versus Melvin Gordon. And it's, it's a really good, uh, I feel like all the best NFL players at some point were challenged in their career, not necessarily if the, their, their team brought in somebody else, but just because you know, they, they were challenged uh, for whatever reason. Some of the greatest players were always challenged. And I'm a big fan of Philip Lindsay. Uh, and, and, you know, I think he's a, one heck of a running back. But the Broncos decided to grab Melvin Gordon. Uh, and that has to raise the question. There's a couple questions that we have to look here. Number one, who's going to be running back number one for the Denver Broncos in 2020? Yeah, that's the year. And then we also have to see who really we would take in the debate of having Melvin Gordon or Phil Lindsay. Um, we'll start with Kyle because he's a, a special guest uh, for the show. Kyle, uh, can you quickly tell me who you think is going to start out with winning it and who you would take? Well, it's it's definitely an interesting question because, you know, Melvin Gordon was supposed to be the bell cow running back out of Wisconsin, you know, 15th overall draft pick in 2015. Uh, really stylistic runner. I really like the way that he carries the football. Uh, good out of the backfield, but man, Philip Lindsay has been so good since he came into the NFL. And I believe it was what 2018 was his rookie year, back to back thousand yard seasons, averages over or averages I believe 4.9 yards per carry in his career. So mm -hmm. a very solid back, and just a uh, two very different stories of coming into the NFL, like you said. But I think you'd be foolish to not say Philip Lindsay has been the better pro so far. I mean, he averages almost a full yard per carry more than Melvin Gordon so far in his young career. Um, he's already been to a Pro Bowl. Melvin Gordon has also been to a Pro Bowl. Philip Lindsay is just a, a very strong running back, and I'm, I would probably go with him, even though I do like what Melvin Gordon can do. And I think together, they're, it's a very interesting grouping. But I'd be interested to see what you guys think about that as well. But Tristan, what do you think, man? Shoot, uh, I don't. I honestly don't view it as much of a competition. Um, I think they're going to keep both the backs for a while. They're going to share carries. They're probably going to damn near split them 50-50, I think. I mean, if uh, if Philip Lindsay is splitting 50-50 carries with Royce Freeman, um, I think, yeah, Philip Lindsay had 513 carries last year. Royce Freeman had 506. So I think they're going to split it 50-50. If, if somebody gets the bulk, I think it's going to be Philip Lindsay because I agree with you. I do think he's a little bit better of a running back, especially due to Melvin Gordon's, you know, his his injury issues that he's had lingering going on. But, you know, when, when he's at his best, he can be very good. Uh, it's going to be a healthy competition, I think. I think it'll bring out the best in, of each other. Um, I think the offense has the potential to be really good and finish probably top three in the league in rushing yards if, well, Locke doesn't even need to develop for that to happen. Uh, let's see here. 
Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, you know, on the roster, they're pretty much the only unquestioned locks to make the roster, obviously. Uh, Lindsay's going to get paid, and it should be a pretty good paycheck. He's proven that he's an awesome ball carrier, deserves a second contract with the Broncos. Uh, Melvin Gordon signed for two, I want to say two years with the Broncos. And he yeah, got a lot of guaranteed. Two years, $16 million. Yeah, and he got a lot of guaranteed, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I would expect him to see the field quite a bit even with Lindsay on the field at the same time. So that could be a really fun and interesting situation the Broncos could create, uh, putting two running backs on the field. I'm not sure which of them is the better pass catcher. I would, I kind of want to assume it would be Melvin Gordon just because I've seen a lot of him out of the screen game, but I'm not really 100% sure on that. But they've got like five backs on the roster. they got Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Melvin Gordon, uh, some dude, Muhammad, and Jeremy Cox. So, uh, you know, teams typically only stick to three running backs on the roster. So there's going to be some cuts. Uh, I'd expect it to be Lindsey, Gordon, and Freeman in that order. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Broncos offense, as a team overall, they're in a really good place with this situation, uh, especially with Drew Locke, a young quarterback you want to develop. It's always good to have solid running backs so you can take a lot of the weight off of his shoulders and let him develop a little more. So, yeah, I, uh, I see the Broncos kind of making a little bit of a resurgence. I'm not sure if I could consider them a playoff team yet, but uh, I definitely expect them to be near the top of the league in rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Well, now i got to kind of start out by saying, before we get to you know who would rather take, Philip Lindsay has clearly been, yeah, Kyle Showalter hit right on the head. Philip Lindsay has clearly been the better running back uh, through two years. Two guys, you know, 2,000, 1,000-yard uh, rushing seasons uh, back-to-back. Guys, he took every word out of the mouth. But here's the reason I would take Philip Lindsay over Malibu Gordon uh, specifically, and I believe that he's going to win the job outright, is that to me, Philip Lindsay seems more of a team player. Like, he seems more uh, worried about winning more, doing the best he can to help his team win. Now, I'm not saying Melvin Gordon is not a team player. He Obviously, uh, you have to be somewhat of a team player to be in the NFL. And plus, I think Melvin Gordon is a good guy. But the fact that he he held out for his money, which he thought he deserved at the time, I did, I questioned it a little bit because I felt like the only, you know, he was injured for a lot of the, his first couple of years coming into the NFL. But uh, then to be able to come back here and uh, really, he lost he lost quite a bit of money for for holding out that entire time. But I have to give the man credit. I do think uh, athletically, I, I believe Melvin Gordon is the the better back, like athletically. But uh, as a as a team friendly contract, and you said he's going to get paid probably. But I believe in my soul that Philip Lindsay uh, will make sure that he is a, comes back on a team-friendly contract. Um, and, you know, I, it, it was funny because Philip Lindsay came out and said, you know, they asked him about splitting carries and probably, you know, going to battle with Melvin Gordon for the uh, for the running back job. And, he, and all he said it was at the end of the day it was about him and providing for his family and, you know, going full board. Like that's, that's what the NFL is about. That's what you obviously – and any – position uh, that you're trying to win is, is about. You go full bore 100% of the time. Like You're not going to give any man a, you know, a, a fair shot. You're going to give all you have, and he's going to give all he has. That's all it comes down to. But Philip Lindsay, I believe, uh, is just you know just by his backstory, the way he came into the NFL, the way he carries himself, the way he plays the game, uh, I would take him, but I still believe that uh, Gordon is the better back here. Mr. Showalter, uh, no, let's go with Tristan. We like to mix things up here. So, Tristan, yeah, quickly tell me, who do you think will win uh, the number one one spot uh, for the running backs for the Broncos? I think Philip Lindsay will probably win it uh, if I had to put my money on somebody just because he's he's been there. He's familiar with the system. Um, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Melvin Gordon's 100% if he outperforms Philip Lindsay. So, I'll pick Philip Lindsay, but I will not be surprised if Melvin Gordon ends up the starting running back. 
Mm-hmm. Mr. Showalter. See, I really think it's going to end up being a 1A, 1B situation. Melvin Gordon is the better pass catching back. I got it down here in my notes. Um, he's caught at least 40 passes four years in a row. Two of those seasons were 50-plus catch seasons, one of them being 58 catches in 2018. And Philip Lindsay has caught 35 passes both of his two seasons in the NFL. So Melvin Gordon clearly has that uh, more developed in terms of the aspects of his game than Philip Lindsay does. And, you know, I think Philip Lindsay will get more carries than Melvin Gordon out of the backfield. He's clearly established himself as a better pure running back. But I think their touches are going to be pretty close to the same because, you know, Melvin Gordon adds that aspect in the screen game. He's a better pass blocker than Philip Lindsay is, believe it or not. And, you know, I think Melvin Gordon is probably a less complete back than Philip Lindsay in terms of running the ball to the backfield. But I think Philip Lindsay is a less complete back than Melvin Gordon in terms of catching passes out of the backfield. So, you know, it's it's kind of a, a give or take with both those guys. They're both incomplete backs. So I think it's really going to be a 1A, 1B situation. They're going to get very, very similar in terms of carries. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got to say here again, now I, I'm not dogging on Melvin Gordon. I, I, I'm a big fan of him. I believe that he uh, will truly come out next year and have a, another great season for the Broncos. But I truly expect Philip Lindsay uh, to be able to come out here and do their thing, but uh, do his thing. Excuse me. Let's move on to the uh, next thing we're going to talk about here, and that is uh, Mr. Camden. Where will he land? You know, which team will take a chance on him? You know, a big quarterback, MVP, I believe, of the 2015, 2016 year, whatever it was. Uh, truly a great quarterback, and he is, he's had some injuries. Um, we'll start with Tristan here. Where do you think the man will go? Uh, specifically, which team, uh, as far as maybe just the best fit to go? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me is New England. Uh, we talked about it with Ryan on one of the, the last episode I think I was on. New England makes it makes sense. They uh, they take chances on high risk players. I think not as much as the Cowboys taking felons out of jail, but. Um, the New England Patriots, if, they, if they're going to give Antonio Brown a chance to prove himself, I don't see why they wouldn't sign Cam Newton for a cheap deal. Um, if anybody can change, I mean, you don't even really need to change the way Cam Newton acts. He's a bit of a showboater, but under Belichick, you probably won't see a whole lot of that. So I think uh, Belichick can keep him healthy, too. And the Josh McDaniels offense that's kept Brady alive for the last 20 years. Um, if you put Cam Newton in that, I think his injury problem is going to probably disappear unless it's a non-contact injury or if he gets greedy and starts running the ball a lot like he likes to do. But uh, if I had yeah, if I had to pick somebody, I'll probably pick the New England Patriots. Um, he could probably make that team really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they probably already will be, even with no matter who starts a quarterback. If Brian Hoyer starts that quarterback, they're probably going to make the playoffs because it's Bill Belichick's football team. It's a system. You need an average system quarterback. Uh, it's been proven the last 20 years. We'll get into it later on the episode. But, okay. uh, yeah, if I had to pick a team, I'll pick the Patriots. Okay. Mr. Showalter, please. Uh, uh, please. <laughs> uh, the Patriots are definitely an interesting fit for Cam Newton. They're definitely one of the teams that comes to mind. Uh, they're probably in the top three teams I would like to see him go to. Um, in terms of him becoming less injury-prone in that offense, I don't think that would happen because I think a part of what makes Cam Newton so good is that aspect he adds in the running game. You know, he's a big body. He's going to go. He's going to try to run linebackers over. And you know what that does? That fires up the guys around you, too, to see your quarterback do that. But the team that I would like to see Cam Newton go to, and I would think the team that makes the most sense, is the Los Angeles Chargers. Thank you. You know, they have they have a wide assortment of weapons, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler out of the backfield. They got a poor offensive line, but what, is it, what does a poor offensive line need? A mobile quarterback that can get out of the pocket and make throws. They have an above-average defense. They added Chris Harris Jr. That secondary is probably the best in the NFL. 
And that offense with Cam Newton in it, man, holy cow, watching him throw little out routes to Austin Eckler, deep balls to Mike Williams, check downs to, or excuse me, uh, out routes to Keenan Allen, check downs to Austin Eckler, man, that would be, it'd be fun to watch. And like I said, big body, they're bringing a, they're bringing that new stadium in and, you know, he would be a ticket seller. He would help him win games. And the Chargers won 12 games in 2018. I don't know if we remember that. And nine of their 11 losses this last season were by one score or less. So they're still a very solid football team. They just had bad quarterback play last year. You bring Cam Newton in, maybe that's a playoff team in that AFC West. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, Cam Newton was made in a lab. Like, legitimately, this guy, 6'4", 6'5", 240 pounds, Runs like uh, somebody's chasing him all the time because the man can just, he's just an athlete. Like I believe one of my high school coaches said, when you got a stallion in the backfield or when you got a stallion at the quarterback position, you just open the gate. And I believe with Cam Newton in terms of his arm strength, in terms of uh, a total quarterback play, the only reason this man really, you know, probably has, no, the only reason this man has not played as well is because the last couple of years he's been injured. Like, if this guy can get healthy, I truly believe that uh, the Chargers, with all their weapons, uh, their coach, who's up and coming, I think that this this Chargers team makes the most sense for me as well because, again, uh, you know, Tristan, you said it a couple of weeks ago in our episode, most of these teams, most of these quarterbacks have chosen their team. They have gone to wherever they're going to go. That's just how the NFL goes. But Cam Newton is a game changer in every sense of the word. Now, I know he got pummeled the entire game in the Super Bowl against the Broncos a couple of years ago, but that entire time, I I, knew, I just felt like Cam Newton was one play away from totally changing the game around, even though he was going against one of the better defenses in probably in NFL history. Cam Newton is a game changer. He deserves a start in this league, and I truly believe that uh, the Chargers are the best fit for him because of what he brings to the table and everything uh, athletically, leadership-wise. Yeah, he likes to show but a little bit, but I, if, I'm, if I'm the GM... I would go and cram, grab Cam Newton in a heartbeat because of what he brings to that, you know, to that team, uh, the attitude he brings with it, uh, and just the overall dude. I think he's just. I think it would be. Uh, it would make the most sense for him to go to the Chargers. Um, if I could jump in real quick, Colton, I think you just hit the nail on the head. That the energy he brings to a football team, you know, that swagger that Cam Newton has, the showboating, whatever you want to call it. I think the guys, when you're on a team with a quarterback that does that, guys absolutely love that. And, you know, being some, being someone who's from the L.A. area, Cam Newton fits the L.A. mindset, you know. He's a bulldog. He's going to come to work every day, and he's going to have a little bit of swagger with him while he does it, man. He's going to beat you down and talk mess while he does it. He's, he's a perfect quarterback for L.A., and I think that team just fits so well with his skill set. I think it's a no-brainer. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and speaking of quarterbacks, uh, you know, the one thing that we're going to name this quarter, this episode, the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Um Man, there's no there's no reason to uh, put it off any longer. We got to get right into this one because I know we're going to be on this for a long time. So, um, I'm going to start uh, with Kyle here because you know we, we brought him on for this specific subject because a uh, guy that's insightful knows his stuff and really excited about sports, uh, probably more than we are. Um, and the thing about it is, this is such a almost a truncated debate. Like a lot of people will either say, or it's just one of those debates that some people are, are so sold on one guy, you know, Tom Brady, or or they say that maybe he's just a system quarterback, uh, but behind Bill Belichick. But I want to I want to hear really who you think deserves. Uh, you know, we start with our top three quarterbacks here. Give me your top three quarterbacks and be prepared to defend them, obviously, uh, and just give us who your best. Uh, name your best three quarterbacks of all time. 
Well, it's, it's obviously such a, an odd debate because the NFL has been being played longer than the three of us have been alive combined. So, I mean, do you, do you discount guys like Johnny Unitas and Sammy Baugh, who we obviously never saw play? Um, no. Do you discount guys who had a really strong peak but kind of tailored off, like the, the Randall Cunninghams of the world, you know, the guys who weren't in the league very long but were really explosive? Michael Vitt comes to mind when you talk about that. Or do you reward the guys who had really long average careers, you know, guys that put up steady numbers for a long time and eventually set some pretty great numbers? Or do you reward the guys that are on good teams and win a lot? And I think every person has their own criteria for judging quarterbacks and quarterback play. And I think it's a mix of all of these different things, the intangibles, the arm, the the energy they bring, their brain. And I, I think that the three quarterbacks on my list probably embody all of those things better than any quarterback in the history of the NFL, at least that I have been able to watch play, obviously. No Johnny Unitas film that I, that I can really get my hands on. No Sammy Baugh film. But, I mean, it, it's tough because you leave off some really good guys. You know, you leave off guys that have set NFL records, guys like Brett Favre, guys like Drew Brees aren't on this list. And it hurts to talk about other guys and not bring those guys up. But number three on my list was Peyton Manning, you know, the guy who had every NFL record until Drew Brees broke him this last season. He's a five-time MVP. He won two Super Bowls, has the most game-winning drives in NFL history. And I think he's probably the smartest quarterback of all time. We always know he was making the right check at the line. Omaha's incredibly famous. We all know Peyton Manning. Peyton's place on ESPN Plus is incredible. If you guys don't subscribe to that, I highly recommend you do. And his breakdown stuff on detail is incredible. Probably the best brain in the history of the NFL. Number two, I had Dan Marino, who I think is the original gunslinger. You know, the guy who dropped back and he was much watched TV. You know, he's prime time. He played in an era where quarterbacks didn't really throw the ball a whole lot, and he was still putting up numbers that are incredibly impressive today. He was the first quarterback to ever throw for 5,000 yards, the first quarterback to ever throw for 40 touchdowns. And I think he is really the guy who set the benchmark for modern quarterback play, you know, the guy that we can compare someone to from a prior era who put up comparable numbers. And then number one, it's got to be Tom Brady. I know Tristan's not going to like that. You know, he's easily the most accomplished quarterback in NFL history. You know, you can name the accolades off forever. Three MVPs, six rings. He went 16 and 0 in a season. No one's done that since Dan Marino. Mm -hmm. And I think he just he embodies everything that a quarterback is supposed to be. And I think that's so important. You know, he's he's the best ever because of what he meant to his team. It's his mind, and that's what a quarterback is. Always make the right check at the line. Always make the right throw. Always play with fire. Never let your guys know on the sideline that you're down. And always put the team first. That's something that Tom Brady has always done. And, you know, I think it, that's what separates him from the rest of the pack as the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm -hmm. Mr. Rancor, uh, I'll let you go ahead and uh, drink your 7-Up and, uh, and then go ahead and go off. Uh, I know you, you uh, can. Hey, you can, you can go ahead because I probably have the longest one out of uh, all of them. So I would, I would prefer to go last, please, because I, I actually want to touch on both of yours. So go ahead. All right. So I wrote a, I wrote a short story here. It might take me 10 minutes. It might take me 15 minutes. But uh, I ranked... I ranked my top three greatest quarterbacks of all time. If I could put all these quarterbacks tied for one, I would. I think Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. I think Aaron Rodgers is the greatest of all time. And I think Joe Montana is the greatest of all time. If I had to put them in order, I put Joe Montana at number three. I put Tom at two, and I put Aaron at one. And, every, I mean, everybody I know, there's a lot of current players, coaches, 
media members who all say Aaron Rodgers is probably the best quarterback they've ever seen with their eyes play football. But none of them, like Kyle said, not a lot of them have seen people who have played in the past, like Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas. Uh, but let me get started. So greatness. Greatness is a pretty subjective term. Uh, so it kind of depends on how you depends on how you define it. Do you find it by do you define it by championships, statistics, just something you know when you see it, consistency, or a combination of all those things? Uh, I used to I used to define it by championships. I used to think Tom Brady was the greatest of all time until I started seeing some of the stuff Aaron could do. Over the years, I've really gone away from that because there's so many amazing talents who have never won championships. So I've more shifted to being somebody who you define it by, you just know it when you see it. You know something special when it's there. But I also have statistics to back this up. So there are times when you begin an argument and you know where everyone is going before it even starts. Because you ask somebody about sports greatness, the first thing that usually comes out of people's mouths is usually, well, insert athlete name here. This person has this number of rings here, and your guy has less. So that, therefore, my quarterback is greater than your quarterback. He's better than your quarterback. If championship rings are the measures of greatness, then why do we even debate who's the greatest? The answers are all right in front of us, and they should be pretty simple and straightforward. Bill Russell should be the greatest basketball player of all time. He has 11 championships. Tom Brady would be the greatest football player of all time, six championships. And Yogi Berra should be the best MLB player of all time with 10 rings. My point is... When you debate greatness, rings should be a factor, but I certainly don't think they should be the deciding factor. Uh, if you ask anybody who the greatest basketball player of all time is, the first words that most come out of most people's mouths will be Michael Jordan. Sure, Michael Jordan was great. He was polarizing. His numbers were great, but they weren't the best numbers you've ever seen. If I were to ask who the greatest is between LeBron, Kobe, and Kevin Durant, most people would crown Kobe because he has the most championships on his side. But does that really matter at the end? There have been a lot of great players who have been considered some of the greatest of all time who never won a ring. Uh, is Bill Perdue better than Patrick Ewing? Is Steve Kerr better than Steve Nash? Is Ron Artest better than Charles Barkley? The answer to all of those questions is no. It's not just basketball that has this problem. The NFL carries some of the same problems. If, if championships are the measure of success, then why are guys like Peyton Manning and Brett Favre considered all-time greats when they only have one championship ring? The reality is that championships... Peyton Manning has two. Peyton two. Two, correct. Sorry, typo. He has two. He won with Denver. Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry about that. But the reality is I think championship rings cloud our judgment a little bit when we start putting the label of greatness on individuals. Dan Marino gets overlooked a lot, like Kyle said, as a premier player because he never won the big game. But he was absolutely absurd. I mean, he's done things we've never seen. He opened up the pass game. I think he... He probably changed the game of football the way we play it now. But when you look at the numbers, there's no way he can't be listed as a top five quarterback. You know, once I saw that Trent Dilfer from in front of Marino on the basis of having a Super Bowl win, really, has it come to that? Are we putting Trent Dilfer in front of Dan Marino because he has a Super Bowl win? I've seen a lot of lists that had him in front of Marino. So it just kind of proves the point that championships clouds a lot of people's judgments. I think... Rings validate a player's success, but they don't necessarily make the person the greatest of all time. Oscar Robinson was not a slouch. The man averaged a triple-double in his entire career. Some people have never had one triple-double ever, and other greats only excelled in one area, be it scoring, rebounding, passing. 
So let's stop throwing the he has X amount of titles around when you're trying to validate somebody's greatness and look at the numbers in the game. And I'm not trying to throw any of the names I mentioned under the bus because they were all able to play on the greatest stage ever and they, they all performed well. My problem is when people start to discredit those who have, perform, who have performed so well and then they just get swept under the rug due to the fact that they don't have a ring or they have less rings or it's not as many as their player. So I'm going to hit on a few. If you want to add anything in before I continue, you can. You got anything? Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So the reason I have Aaron Rodgers at number one, ah, do you do you remember the first Packers game of not this last season, but two seasons ago when they were playing the Chicago Bears at home in Lambeau Field? Green Bay was down 10 to zero in the second quarter. They're marching down the field. Aaron Rodgers falls to the ground with a knee injury, which actually ended up being a tibial plateau fracture and a minor MCL tear. Uh, you know, Packers fans, our hearts sunk as he got carted off the field just one season after he broke his collarbone. To everybody's relief, including mine, he returned for the second half, but, you know, at that point, you're like, it doesn't matter. Keep him out of the game. We're down 0-20, to 20 and it's halftime. Just let him, let him rest. Uh, but the Packers would do the impossible that night. They overcame what had seemed like an insurmountable lead with Rodgers coming back with only a few minutes left in the third quarter, throwing for almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, and they won 24 to 23 in the season opener. This is just one of the many stories of Aaron Rodgers in the book about why he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football. I'm going to touch on like three important points. The first one, Aaron Rodgers is the skill king when it comes to NFL quarterbacks. Uh, the career passer rating that Aaron has, or the career pass rating for any quarterback, is probably the best judgment of quarterback skill and efficiency. Uh, it's based on completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdowns per attempt, and interceptions per attempt. Aaron Rodgers has the highest rating in NFL history at 102.4, and is the only quarterback to ever average over 100. Russell Wilson is in second place, and he has a 99.1. Objectively, Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time but I don't expect to win you over with just that one statistic. So stay with me. Another stat that moves Aaron Rodgers into a league of his own is that he was the fastest quarterback to hit the three touchdown, the 300 touchdown milestone in a few hundred less passing attempts than number two. This alone is a testament to how great and how efficient of a quarterback Rodgers is, but what truly sets him apart is how he hit 300 touchdowns while only having thrown 74 interceptions. Nobody else has hit the 300 touchdown mark with so few interceptions with the closest to being Tom Brady at 115 interceptions. Uh, Rodgers is number one in NFL history in interception percentage, touchdown to interception ratio, showing he's far above, his touchdown to inter interception ratio is four to one, showing he's far above any other quarterback in efficiency. Many quarterbacks, I mean, even Brady sometimes will throw multiple interceptions in the game. Rodgers has done it maybe twice ever, maybe a couple times. But Rodgers will literally go three quarters of a season without throwing a ball that's close to being intercepted. Aaron Rodgers is not a statue in the pocket like Tom Brady. Just to show you how little mobility Brady does have, and I'm not saying mobility matters so much at the quarterback position, but in the 20 years that Tom Brady has been in the NFL, he's run for 1,037 yards in comparison to Rodgers' 12 years and 3,122 yards. And I don't, I don't mean any disrespect to Tom Brady. He's a legendary quarterback like Aaron Rodgers that will forever be a household name because of him, 
insanely high level of talent. The difference between the two is that Brady has six Super Bowl rings to Rodgers' one. Brady has also been in the league for seven more seasons than Aaron Rodgers. Six Super Bowl rings to one, three regular season MVPs to two. Numbers don't lie, but those numbers don't represent who the better quarterback is. They represent who the more decorated quarterback is. My second main point, Aaron Rodgers makes his team better. Let's face it, Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers is the 2016 Cleveland Browns. We've seen it. We've seen it when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Before the 2017 season, Green Bay was tied with the Patriots for the longest active consecutive playoff streak with eight seasons straight. When Rodgers broke his collarbone, they didn't even make or get anywhere close to the playoffs. They lost the majority of the games. Some critics would argue Rodgers is overrated, saying that because his postseason record is 9-7, and seven, he doesn't show up in the playoffs. But this really comes down to the Packers as a team and not just Rodgers as a player. His passer rating in the postseason is 99.4, much higher than players with better playoff records, such as Joe Montana, who had a 95.6 playoff passer rating, Tom Brady, who has a 90.9 playoff passer rating, Peyton Manning had an 87.4 playoff passer rating. So Rodgers has not been the reason for any of his playoff losses or not getting to the Super Bowl. It's come down to the team surrounding him. He's not had the same luxury of a great team backing him up than these other great quarterbacks have had. Many would argue Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time because he has six Super Bowl wins, but this does not mean he's the best individual player. I've said for a long time, and I will stand by it, Tom Brady is a slightly above average system quarterback. I've said this to you, I probably say it to you every week, even when we're not talking about quarterbacks. Like something will get brought up about Tom Brady and I'll say he's a system quarterback because it's true. Um, He's a system quarterback, meaning he operates under a specific offensive system run by a true mastermind. Two masterminds. I consider Josh McDaniels a mastermind, and I consider Bill Belichick the mastermind behind everything. This offensive system that he's in makes Tom Brady seem much better than he is, and it inflates his statistics, in my opinion. You could take pretty much any average quarterback in the league, make him play quarterback for the Patriots, and he could probably play just as well as Tom Brady. He might throw a few more interceptions, but I think the win-loss percentage will be about the same. Um, in fact, this actually basically happened back in 2008 when Brady got injured and Matt Castle, a quarterback who had not completed a pass since high school, stepped in and took over. Castle led the Patriots to an 11-5 and record and was a top-10 quarterback that year. He threw for just under 3,700 yards, didn't even play the whole season, 21 touchdowns. He ran for about 300 yards. And he ran for two touchdowns. If Tom Brady was really the greatest ever, wouldn't his team suffer during the entire season without him? No, because it's the system he's in. In contrast, two seasons ago, Green Bay was 4-1. and one, And they looked like probably one of the best teams in the league. And then Aaron Rodgers go down with his broken collarbone. Green Bay missed the playoffs and they had a losing record of 7-9. and nine. The reason Brady has more Super Bowl wins is because he has such an amazing team surrounding him. Not to mention the greatest coach of all time. My last main point, Aaron Rodgers has zero defense. He hasn't had a defense. Uh, year after year, he's had to carry the team to the playoffs without barely any defensive or offensive help. Yeah, he had some good receivers. He had Jordy Nelson, who wasn't supposed to be a superstar. He had Greg Jennings, who wasn't supposed to be a superstar. Donald Driver wasn't supposed to be a superstar. He had Jermichael Finley, who nobody really heard of until Aaron Rodgers started throwing him the football. Uh it is safe to say if Rodgers had a better defense, he would have many more Super Bowl wins. I think everybody knows that. He's had a top 10 defense two years in his entire NFL career. 
And one of the years he had a top 10 defense, he won the Super Bowl. In seasons where the Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl, to win the Super Bowl, they've had top 10 defenses every single time. In Tom Brady's time as a starting quarterback, he's had a top top 15 defense 13 times. So it's pretty clear Tom has had the better team around him and the better defense helping him through his career. Another all-time great, Peyton Manning, even admitted flat out that he was carried by his defense in the Super Bowl. He compared how impressive it was that Serena Williams won the Australian Open while she was pregnant to the Denver Broncos defense carrying him like a child through his Super Bowl win. So football is a team game. So when you're comparing individual players, Super Bowls probably shouldn't be taken into account. Um, With Brady heading the offense on the winningest – with the winningest head coach of all time, while the Patriots are also in one of the worst divisions in the league, the AFC East, you should expect to have success. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have been a part of, since they've been a part of the Patriots, they've won the division 17 out of the past 20 seasons in the past 20 years. The record against the Bills is 35 and 5. The record against the Dolphins is 25 and 15. And against the Jets, it's 35 and 11. So winning comes easy when you're guaranteed to play crappy opponents for six games out of the 16-game season. So, look, I've got respect for Tom Brady, but when I think of the greatest of all time, I think of Aaron Rodgers because we've seen Tom Brady's before. Peyton Manning has came. Joe Montana has came. All those guys played similar to Tom Brady. We've never seen an Aaron Rodgers before. That's why whenever people compare people to other quarterbacks, they compare them to Aaron Rodgers. They don't compare other quarterbacks to Tom Brady. You don't ever hear that. You don't say, oh, this guy reminds me of Tom Brady. No, they remind you of Aaron Rodgers because of how great and how transcendent he's been. Um, Shoot, I was trying to read. They don't compare them to Brady. They compare him to Rodgers because it's something we've never seen before. He's changed the game. You know, by the way, he throws inside the pocket. By the way, he throws outside of the pocket. By the way, he throws on the run. By the way, he extends plays. By the way, he evades pressure. He does literally everything. And he does literally everything better than probably any quarterback I've ever seen in my life. And it's not just biased because I'm a Packers fan. It might be a little bit. But if I had to do the eye test, Aaron Rodgers does everything better than everybody. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback that I can say this guy looks like a more athletic Aaron Rodgers. He can do anything he wants with his arm. He can do anything he wants with his legs almost. He can evade pressure for as long as he wants. You name it. Mahomes can do it. Uh, But, yeah, Rodgers has changed the game. And then you look at the stats. He's the fastest quarterback to 300 touchdowns, best touchdown-to-interception ratio in NFL history, best completion percentage in NFL history, killing Tom Brady in rushing yards, killing Tom Brady in rushing touchdowns, best quarterback rating in NFL history. So when you talk about the greatest and you look at the stats, to me, it's a no-brainer. And then when you look at Tom Brady, the dude's been in the league for 100 years. He's had a top-10 defense every single year, but twice. Aaron's had a top-10 defense only two times, and one of those times he won a Super Bowl. So it's not just Tom Brady and how great he is. It's Bill Belichick. It's the defense they put around him. Aaron hasn't had any of that. He takes you to places on his abilities alone with little to nothing. He goes to the playoffs with no all-star wide receivers. If they are all-stars, it's usually because Aaron Rodgers made them an all-star. It's not because they're such a phenomenal receiver. Um, Yeah, he takes you, you know, to me, that's what the greatest quarterback does. He makes, he elevates a whole team. He turns nobodies into superstars. Um, so in conclusion, 
I want to include a quote from the great Shannon Sharp. There's, there's not a throw or a play that Tom Brady can make that Aaron Rodgers cannot make. But there's a whole book of throws and plays that Aaron Rodgers can make that nobody can make, including Tom Brady. They only dream of making these throws and these plays that Aaron Rodgers is out here making routinely. He has the highest quarterback rating history, best interception ratio in history. The Hail Mary King, even though that really doesn't matter, but it's kind of sick. He has a bigger impact on his team than any other quarterback has probably ever had. And he's not had the luxury of a great team surrounding him that many other all-time great quarterbacks have had. So the facts are all there. People can choose to ignore them or you can accept them. End of my speech. I, uh... <laughs> I got to start by saying one thing, and I'll, I know Kyle's got that look in his face. He wants to go off. I'll, I'll let you in a second. Um, Tristan, how many times? You know, we've done this is what? Episode 36. Uh, I would say in excess of at least 10 times. What have I called Aaron Rodgers? Uh, probably, hopefully, the best quarterback of all time. No. I can't remember. Him. One no, of the best, probably. I have called him in excess of 10 times the most talented quarterback to ever play the game. Hands down. The great Stephen A. Smith said the same thing a couple of years ago when they were having the same kind of debate after someone from NFL.com released their top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Most talented quarterback of all time. I, I can't tell you how many years I, as a Vikings fan I have loathed playing him or Brett Favre. Uh, Brett Favre wasn't as talented as Aaron Rodgers, but uh, he still – there still does a lot of facts. I can go a lot of different ways here. Oh, crap. Okay, uh, let's go. Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback of all time. But he's not, he's not in the top three, in my top three. I'm going to start with my number three. That's Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, when he was drafted first overall from Tennessee back, I believe it was 1998. I may be wrong, but I don't mind being wrong. I mind being heard. Peyton Manning, with the amount of pressure that man had on him, the sheriff, and I mean, Kyle touched on it too, mentally, just everything that he brought to the game was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He beat... Uh, you know, Brett, uh, Brett Favre's passing record. He beat all these quarterbacks. He he had a, a tough time facing Tom Brady for the vast majority of his career. Only won two Super Bowls. One of those Super Bowls, I would say that he was probably the best player on the field. Now, his second Super Bowl, uh, you said, we've all said it. He got to hand it to him because he had a, he's a really good defense, and even he will admit it. He's got two Super Bowls, but he's the sheriff. It's Peyton Manning. He, he the lot of everybody says, you know, all these other quarterbacks change the game. I. Peyton Manning laid the stonework for some of the stuff he had. Now, he did have some great receivers at Dallas Clark, Marvin Harrison, um, Reggie Wayne. He had some really great receivers along the way, too. Um, even when Joseph Adai decided to blow up. But he's still the sheriff. Like, Peyton Manning was still the guy that everybody worried about through the entire NFL like that. The question was it was going to be Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, maybe some years Brett Favre until Aaron Rodgers came along. But really, those were the quarterbacks you worried about. Now, throw in the occasional Ben Roethlisberger, so, you know, during, during our thing, you know, here. And this was a really hard debate for me because, again, Kyle's hit the nail on the head there. Again, you need to be able to look at the vast majority of the entire NFL history and, and find these quarterbacks. Randall Cunningham was a great example. Thank you for that. But when we think of quarterbacks and when we think of guys that – when I think of a franchise quarterback, a guy that's one of the greatest of all time, he sticks his foot in the ground, delivers a throw in pressure. When his team needs him the most, he steps, he steps up and makes those throws. And when his team needs him the most uh, to be that leader, not just on the field, to just be that guy they look up to for the next 10 years, Peyton Manning was that guy. And so were these other two guys, in my opinion. No, Peyton Manning's the GOAT, I believe, you know, two two Super Bowl rings. Uh, and the, the way he went about it, he was the sheriff, the man. Uh, he deserves number three. Now, number two, Joe Montana. I know that's not the right way to say it. 
Joe Montana won four Super Bowls and in a, in a West Coast system with, I believe, Bill Walsh that nobody, I mean, Bill Walsh perfected that system. Bill Walsh made it uh, a great, but Joe Montana was a big key piece for that. Joe Montana is, in my mind, uh, not just because he won four Super Bowls, but, uh, and I know statistically he doesn't match up with some of these other quarterbacks, but I believe it was, uh, I can't recall the guy on uh, ESPN, um, but he said that, you know, and this kind of goes into my Brady quote too a little bit, uh, my Brady debate here in a little bit too, that coaches coach, but players play. And my thing is, at the end of the day, the man played. Joe Montana played. He won four Super Bowls. There's a difference between like, you could have the greatest coach in the world. Now, uh, Bill Belichick, I think there's no debate there. He's obviously the greatest coach in the world. You could have the greatest coach in the world but have a quarterback that's not necessarily the most talented athlete. But as long as you got a good coach, you should be okay. Joe Montana is a guy that I think uh, was both athletically talented and a guy that was had a, had a good coach with him too. Um, now I'm going to go into Tom Brady. Tom Brady, hands down, and I, I was—I hate to say this, but I thought for an immense amount of time, like I thought for an extremely long amount of time, that Tom Brady wasn't the greatest quarterback because of you know the, the uh, you know Bill Belichick, the whole system he was in, because of you know the cheating scandal. Like I really wasn't ready to give it to him, and I know I'm going to get a lot of flack from this from Chase Glazier, one of my, my high school quarterback and a good buddy of mine. But I got to give it to Tom Brady. I got to give it to Tom Brady here. He is absolutely the greatest quarterback of all time. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the most talented. Obviously, I always mean Aaron Rodgers. I've always said Aaron Rodgers that is the most talented. He's a top five quarterback, but he's not number one. When it comes down to it, again, I look at quarterbacks that are able to get the job done. Does anybody remember two years or what was it, 2016-2017, when Tom Brady absolutely had to go? It's 28-3. He was down. His team had to go and make a play, or he had to make a play for his team to get back into it. And not only did this man, I'm probably in the majority here that people probably turned that Super Bowl off. I Probably. I mean, we thought it was over. We thought Matt Ryan and the Falcons were going to run the football and be able to just capture their first Super Bowl. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I turned off the game. I thought it was over. But Tom Brady brought that James team. White. Tom James Brady. White. Tom Brady, 400 yards passing. You can't – you think – if you think that if you give James White the ball 30, 40 times in that Super Bowl, you think they come back to that? No, they don't. Don't give me that, okay? The man – now, I'll admit, he made the play in overtime to get them the win. I will give you that. But Tom Brady threw for over 400 yards that game. Down that much and against a good team in the Falcons, the man did his job. He marched him downfield, made some good throws, and at the end of the day, he was clutch. The man was clutch. Like, he had to make a play. He did it. At the end of the day – Coaches coach, players play. Tom Brady, accolades, clutchness, stats. He's even been – if you want to sit here and tell me that also Aaron Rodgers, by the way, is better than uh, Brett Favre. He hasn't beaten him touchdowns yet. Like, And he's kind of – and in my opinion here, now he also had a little bit of the thing that happened with Tom Brady last year. They both didn't have very good wide receivers. Now, if you – I know that he's in – uh, Tampa Bay, I true, I believe Tom Brady could throw for 30 touchdowns next year. And if Green Bay goes out and gets a good wide receiver in this draft, and if he had, you know, Gronk, or if he had some of those other number one wide receivers, Aaron Rodgers would be absolutely, like, I think Aaron Rodgers would throw 40 touchdowns. But here's a little factoid. Did you know, uh, let me ask you this, Tristan, as a gigantic Packers fan, has Aaron Rodgers ever thrown for 50 touchdowns in a year? No. He's never thrown for 50 touchdowns. Okay, well, Tom Brady. 40, 45, I think, is the most. Yeah, 45. And I think that was the year they won the Super Bowl, correct? Uh, year after. Year after? Okay. Here's the thing. Ben Rogers is one of the most talented, but Tom Brady is the greatest. Not because he's throwing 50 touchdown passes. Not because, you know, the, the Super Rings, uh, the Super Bowl rings, excuse me. 
But the way that he presents himself, the way that he, the way that he works, the way what he brings to the table is no. Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time, definitely helped him. But Tom Brady is the greatest of all time because of everything else: the clutchness, the teammate, uh, a team-friendly contract. He has never been paid the most out of anybody. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think. Before you go ahead, Kyle, I don't think you can tell me Aaron Rodgers isn't as clutch as Tom Brady. Well. I can't remember the last time where there's been a drive where the Packers need to score with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and they don't do it. Like a game-winning or a game-tying drive. I, I can't remember. against the Vikings for the uh, for the NFC Championship tournament might be, might be fogging on the year, but I believe, yeah, that's about it. That was in yeah, Rambo, by the way. There's, there's one. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. There's one. Any more? I mean, I – no, I'm not saying – but do you think – Sit here and tell me honestly. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers uh, could have spurred his team the way? Now I get, I think that he would have came back and thrown a couple touchdown passes. But the way Tom Brady did it with who? I think Aaron Rodgers could have done it on his tibial patella fracture and his sprained MCL. He did it against the number one defense in the NFL that year. So don't try to tell me Aaron Rodgers isn't as clutch as Tom Brady. He's more clutch than Tom Brady. I mean, you'd get to see more of it. If his team could maybe get him to help him out, get to get him to a Super Bowl, you'd see it a lot more. But you don't see it because it's regular season. You don't talk about Tom Brady's miraculous comebacks in the regular season, do you? No. A, he probably doesn't have very many of them. B, because they all happen in the postseason. Places that Aaron Rodgers can't get because he doesn't have support. And usually he doesn't need support. Usually he can take his team to the NFC Championship game by himself, which he's done four times now, and then they give up. 35-plus points, and they end up losing. So, I don't know. Kyle, you can go ahead. <laughs> well, I just I, <laughs> just uh, real quick did a Google search for the quarterbacks with the most game-winning drives in NFL history. I previously mentioned that Peyton Manning had the most. He had 56 during his career. Tom Brady had 51 game-winning drives, which is the second most in NFL history. So, he definitely does have that clutch gene, and I'm not debating that uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't either. I think Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal quarterback. But uh, obviously, it's been a while since I talked. Uh, it's um, There's a lot to unpack <laughs> here. Um, so, Tristan, first I want to get into what you talked about with, uh, you know, passer rating being uh, the measure for objectively calling Aaron Rodgers the greatest quarterback of all time. And I kind of I kind of have an iffy relationship with the passer rating. I think there's a lot of other things that you can look at quarterback play with in terms of advanced metrics that do a better job, such as QBR, which is the ESPN metric quarterback rating. Um, DVOA by Football Outsiders, which I think is a, a phenomenal analytical website for football. Um, quarterback or passer rating, I feel like more measures efficiency, which Aaron Rodgers has always been incredibly efficient. I think that's his strongest thing. He's very apt to avoiding turnovers to a point where I think it sometimes hurts him. You know, I think you mentioned his uh, turnover touchdown to interception ratio is the best in NFL history, and I think that's almost almost it's going to sound ridiculous but a detriment towards him because I feel like Aaron Rodgers has kind of become a little risk averse these last couple seasons you know he doesn't try to fit the ball into these tight windows right. he doesn't try to throw the ball into tight windows under pressure he just gets rid of it or he just airmails his receiver to try to you know live to die another play and I feel like he could probably be better served taking some chances on those plays and um you you also noted that he's the fastest quarterback to 300 passing touchdowns and then later in your uh, your essay that you wrote or your monologue, I don't know what we're what we want to call that. Uh, it was very impressive, by the way. I appreciated it. Um, 
Thank you. You mentioned, you know, he was the fastest quarterback to every 300 passing touchdowns. And then you also mentioned in another light that his defense cost him several Super Bowls. But I think those two things are interconnected. You know, Aaron Rodgers threw a lot of touchdowns because his team put him in a position to where he needed to throw a lot of touchdowns. I also have a uh, podcast around the show sports on uh, Spotify, if you guys want to go take a listen after this. And I have touched on why I think Patrick Mahomes could end up being the greatest quarterback of all time. And it's a similar situation. You know, he's on a team with a not very strong defense. So late in the game, he has to go and drive down the drive down the field in the fourth quarter and throw touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers has been in that situation his entire career. You mentioned it. He's only had a top 10 defense twice. He's the same guy as Drew Brees. You know, he's been on some below average teams that he has made much better than they actually were because he was himself able to keep his team in games by just throwing the ball all over the field. So I think that is fed into his ability to throw for so many touchdowns early on in his career. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. He's he's as talented a quarterback as we've ever seen, as, as Colton said, and as you've said. But you also mentioned that, you know, when quarterbacks come into the NFL, no one compares him to Tom Brady. They compare him to Aaron Rodgers. And then you also said, you know, there's no other Aaron Rodgers. There's a bunch of Tom Brady's. So if there's no other Aaron Rodgers, then how come when guys come into the NFL, we're comparing them to him? And I, I also think that, you know, we can we can kind of nitpick that a little bit. I think there have been some Aaron Rodgers in the past. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre but a similar play style. Aaron Rodgers reminds me a lot about Dan Marino, man. When I turn on Dan Marino tape, it just pops off. The the simple flick of this, the little sidearm release, ball goes 40 yards into a streaking wide receiver, right up, perfect back shoulder ball. I mean, it's, it's uncanny, the similarities between those two. And I think you touched on it, man. Patrick Mahomes is Aaron Rodgers 2.0, man. He's incredible. I think if we had this debate in another 15 years on the Sports Brief podcast, we're going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes unquestioned number one. I mean, I, I really think that's the kind of quarterback he is. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, talent-wise, no question, most talented quarterback in NFL history. No debate here. But I think, as I touched on when I was talking about Tom Brady, it, it's more than just that. It's more than just talent at the quarterback position. You know, we're not debating, you know, an offensive – who's the best offensive tackle of all time? Is it Joe Thomas? He had the best technique. You know, it, it's it's not something that simple. It, it's, it's the intangibles. It's what you bring to your team. And, of course, you can't just cookie-cut it and say whoever has the most rings is the best quarterback of all time because then Bill Russell would be the best NBA player of all time. Yogi Berra would be the best MLB player of all time. Of course, neither of those things are true. But it, it has something to do with the final product. And I think, you know, the NFL quarterback is the really the one position where rings do have some kind of credence. Because if you're able to win six Super Bowls, you're able to get your team into that position enough times to win six big games. I mean, come on. And, and he should have seven. That game against the Eagles, my God, he was unbelievable. He set the record for most passing yards in a single Super Bowl. I, I, I just have a hard time saying that any quarterback has ever played at a high of a level as Tom Brady. And I mean, arm talent-wise, Aaron Rodgers has got him beat. But I think it's just the intangibles that separate Tom Brady from the rest. Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to touch on something here, you know, too. I... I, I, you know, 100% agree with, you know, the whole thing about Aaron Rodgers being the you know, most talented. I've reiterated it a hundred times. I'll probably say it till I'm in the grave. But the thing we have to look at here is if Tom Brady was just an average quarterback, if he was, you know, a Matt Castle or maybe a Case Keenum, and if he was, you know, and he obviously played for the Patriots, I don't think he would have won six Super Bowl rings. Like, I don't My think... Defense. In my defense, I said slightly above average. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, 
<laughs> okay, sorry. Slightly above. Okay, so if we're saying slightly above, it doesn't really change my thing. Anyway, the point is this. If I'm if I'm going to put uh, plug in somebody that's a slightly above average quarterback, I still truly believe that you have to – again, coaches coach, players play. If you have a, a Randy Moss, like the back when and when Tom Brady went and throw, you know, 50 touchdown passes, he had Randy Moss, who had probably one of the greatest seasons ever a wide receiver has ever had, what, 23, 24 touchdowns. Um, but you've seen it time and time again. He's throwing 39 touchdown passes. He's throwing 50 touchdown passes. He's not throwing very many interceptions. He has the stats to back him up. Now, Aaron Rodgers has great stats. He really does. But he's still not in, uh, I believe, just at the top of my head, he's not in, I don't believe he's in the top five of most statistical quarterbacks because I believe it's, what is it? It's uh, Drew Brees. Uh, after that, it's Peyton Manning. Uh, and then after that, it kind of just tails off because I didn't I research. Mean, I mean, all of Aaron Rodgers' stats are better. The only reason he hasn't reached those milestones, he's played five or more years you know, less. I, than all yeah, these guys have. I, I he will surpass them. Mark my words. He will surpass them in yards. He will surpass them in touchdowns. I guarantee it. He's he's on pace to absolutely crush most of the records by a long shot. And then Mahomes will probably crush his records by a long shot. But yeah. it's, it's something we're going to keep seeing. But I do think Aaron Rodgers will go on to shatter a lot of those. Okay. Uh, so it's just what a wait. It's a wait and see. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For the time being, he's still not statistically there. In these last couple of seasons, this was his. Would you say this last year he was the the healthiest, he, at least the healthiest he's been? And he was his first year with. Uh, I'm blanking your guys' head coach. I'm at. Uh, please. Lafleur. Yeah, Lafleur. Uh, this was his first season under him. And did he not play all 16 games? He did. He did play all 16 games. It, it was a while that he had not, you know, uh, that he had played all 16 games. And, you know, by his standards, he had a down season. Uh, Kirk Cousins, who had probably his best season in the Vikings, which doesn't say a whole lot, but he was statistically, even though he played 15 games and Aaron Rodgers played 16, he had uh, close, if not better than uh, statistically. Not not clutch, not any of that. But I'm saying statistically he had a better season or pretty close. What I'm saying is right now we have to take a face value for what these guys has done right now. Yes, maybe in five years, maybe he will surpass it. But at the end of the day, he's not there right now. And I think that it, the fact that he's only won one Super Bowl, and I do truly wish he had a better defense. Well, I don't know if, if you know, being a, a Vikings fan, I don't know the truth if I wish that. But I do truly believe that he is, again, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But you can't just sit here and tell me that Tom Brady, uh, he can't, uh, is, is a slightly above average quarterback if he can throw throw the touchdowns and, and perform like he does in clutch situations. He's obviously not a slightly above average quarterback if he because players play. And what has Tom Brady done, especially when his team needs him the most? Play. You're right. You're right. He's the reason I say he's a slightly above average quarterback is really just to get on your nerves. I do think uh, Tom Brady is a very good quarterback. Very good. Um, I wouldn't say IQ level. He's elite. Definitely mm-hmm. the best we've, one of the best we've ever seen besides Peyton Manning. Aaron Rodgers is up there IQ-wise. He has a very, very high football IQ. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks that's ever played. But when it comes down to just efficiency, playing football, I think Aaron Rodgers is a better football player. Mm-hmm. And I think – and I, I can't disagree with that because I think when it comes down to it, Tom Brady is absolutely – like he's – I think now he's going to be the new benchmark. Unfortunately, like – uh, when it comes to, you know, and it's unfortunate because six Super Bowl rings seems like an insurmountable thing. To do. Like, it's like a top shelf. Like, I don't think another quarterback will ever do that. Even Patrick Mahomes, I know he has one, but I don't I don't know that he will. Uh, right now, 
you know, looking at it, I see, and especially I can definitely get on board with you guys saying, you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, most talented quarterback in the NFL right now, and, and plus he's trajected to be, you know, one of those really top-tier guys. But right now, I, I take things up for face value right away. Patrick Mahomes right now, he's got a Super Bowl ring, uh, but he's going to have to literally stay this dominant. He's going to have to stay this magical for the next 10 to 15 years. And a lot of quarterbacks can do that, and some can't. So I just, I'm excited, to, especially specifically for Patrick Mahomes. But yes, Tom Brady, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers is, uh, is definitely one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, less, let alone the history. And I'm sorry, Colin, I'm pretty sure you want to go ahead. No, man, you're good. I'm, I'm here with you guys, man. Um, yeah, I think um, it, it's, it's just such a tough argument. Obviously, there's no right answer here. And we're all just pulling straws. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is incredible. Tom Brady's incredible. Patrick Mahomes is better than both of them. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Aaron Aaron Rodgers. It, it's 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 kind of the curious case, man. I mean, he's something about him just rubs people the wrong way, and I think that kind of has a an impact on where a lot of people rank him. Like I, I I've seen a lot of lists where he's been too high in my opinion i've seen a lot more lists where i think he's a little too low i think aaron Rodgers is right around that four five mark pushing three if he can you know step up and set some records later in his career but you know he's he's a very polarizing player and uh kind of arguing about what he does right now i mean i know you just said you were talking about the kirk cousins how he had a better statistical season than him it's just so difficult to uh to talk about aaron Rodgers and what his age 33 season and compare him to and compare this as, you know, what he, what he's done for his entire career, where he's going to stand legacy-wise. It, it's hard to do this with guys that are past their physical primes. You know, Aaron Rodgers can't make every throw in the, in, in the world like he used to be able to. He can still make almost all of them. But, you know, I think um, it's just such a difficult thing legacy-wise to to have this conversation. But, man, is it a lot of fun. Absolutely. It's fun. Yeah. It's like yeah. the Jordan and LeBron debate. Yeah, uh, there yeah is, it's, it's something that can game. never be settled. But, man, is it just fun to do it. Especially during these these troubling times, you know, it's fun to get on here and and debate this kind of stuff and kind of distract ourselves and everyone that tunes in from what's going on right now. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers, who better to talk about than Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? <laughs> Amen. So, question: You're a general manager. You have to build a team around one of those two guys in their prime. You have to build around their everything: IQ, ability, everything. Take everything into account. Who would you rather build a team around? Are you asking me or are you asking Colton? Both of you. Kyle, because I got, a, I got a different way of thinking about this. It's Obviously, it's an incredibly difficult question. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the more talented guy. Tom Brady is the guy who's more decorated. And, then, you know, if, if they had been drafted into each other's positions, who knows what kind of numbers Aaron Rodgers could have put up. That's something that Tom Brady has actually mentioned during interviews. You know, if Aaron Rodgers was on these teams, he would have blown every record out of the books. So I mean, it, it's it's hard, but it'd be it'd be tough to bet against either of these guys. I mean, I would probably have to go with Tom Brady just because of the things that he brings outside of just his arm. I think it's much more elevated than what Aaron Rodgers brings. But I mean, that arm talent of Aaron Rodgers is tantalizing as anyone's in the history of the NFL. But I, I would have to go with Tom Brady because I think I would need less around him to win. Mm -hmm. I actually, um, I'm going to go kind of jump in here, Tristan. Now, I believe Aaron Rodgers sat for a couple years behind Brett Favre. Did he not? Two or three, four, something like that? Three years, yeah. Three years sat behind Brett Favre. 
Well, Tom Brady sat for a little while too. Now it wasn't as long as Aaron Rodgers, so it probably gives him a little bit more of a window to break some of these records and yeah, blah 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 blah. But my question, I actually have to kind of uh, ask a question here: Have I already picked my head coach? Have I already hired my head coach and now just looking for a quarterback? Yeah, because, sure. You pick. You okay. picked a head coach, sure. Yeah, if I picked my head coach and I'm confident in his ability to not only develop my starting quarterback or my quarterback in the future, um, I, I specifically think that uh, Tom Brady, both these quarterbacks sat. So I would think that, especially in the NFL, it's it's one of those things where, you know, there's a, it's two sides to this question. You, you want to either sit the guy so that way he learns behind uh, maybe a more established veteran, or do you let him start right away and kind of let him just figure out as he goes? And I think that's kind of a tough thing to kind of answer. But if it was me, I also would go Tom Brady. But only because uh now i again not because of talent but because everything uh tom brady's a sixth round draft pick and the way that he prepares the way that he uh goes about himself the just the persona that he brings to a locker room now you can't tell me that if let me ask you this if the buccaneers had taken had, excuse me signed cam newton or traded for cam newton uh since he still was a was a part of the panthers at the time needed to be not uh, needed to be traded would you do you think that immediately immediately the buccaneers would have been a playoff team with cam newton yes i yes. i think so and i i think they would be i think they'd be i don't know yeah they're still a playoff team it's a tough question but Immediately now that Tom Brady is in the conversation, they are a playoff team. Like a lot of people immediately move them up to a top 10 team in the NFL just because the, the addition of Tom Brady. So just because of everything that he does, uh, how healthy he stayed, uh, you know, he's been sacked a good amount of times, but so has Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers probably gotten a little bit more beat up, but I would still go have to go with Tom Brady here. If you put Aaron Rodgers on the Buccaneers roster, ESPN would probably tell you they're Super Bowl favorites. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the talent. It's because of what he can do. It's sometimes that outweighs certain things. Sometimes. Not all the time. But if you add one massive weapon, which Tom Brady is not, which Aaron Rodgers is, into a team that's stacked with weapons, I think Aaron Rodgers makes that team twice as good as Tom Brady makes it. Well, Aaron Rodgers is also much closer to his prime than Tom Brady is at this point of his career. He has a lot more left in his arm. Tom Brady is 43 years old and... You know, had, had a little bit come off of his ball last year. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers in 2020 going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that makes them a Super Bowl favorite. I absolutely believe that. If Aaron Rodgers was throwing to Mike Evans, if Aaron Rodgers was throwing to Cameron Braid, I mean, th- those guys are unbelievable over there. Of mm-hmm. course, they'd be a Super Bowl favorite. But, I mean, Tom Brady, is he's going to make every throw. He's going to make the right throw every time. He's going to make the right read, right check. And I, I, I just – it's it's tough. I mean, I, I totally get your point. Mm-hmm. Man, that would he'll be make, fun to watch. He'll make the right throws, but he can't make every throw. That's that's mm-hmm. absolutely true, and that's been the case his entire career. He's never been that guy with the insane arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's all the time we got. You know, man. I, first of all, I just gotta say, man, thanks, uh, thanks to Kyle, man. I know you guys check him out on, uh, you know, around the show. Make sure to give him, uh, you know, all his his show is a follow on social media and everything, as well as Kyle Schwalter. Um, absolutely great show, and I, I definitely appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me. It gave me a little break from MLB The Show. I took a tough loss right before this and, uh, you know, had to had to get some kind of – or my stress out in some kind of way. So this was a blast. I appreciate you guys. Tristan, it was great to come on for the first time and get to, get to talk to you. And Colton, it's always fun catching up, man. Yeah.
And Tristan, uh, as always, we can't go anywhere without thanking you, my man. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, you know what? Uh, we'll be back next week. But uh, you know what? As always, uh, make, remember to uh, subscribe and follow us on all social media platforms. And also, leave us a like and a comment. Leave us a like about who the greatest quarterbacks of all time is. Or, you know, your two are, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> us covering the other two subjects of uh, where Cam, uh, Cam Newton will land and also where. And also remember to uh, go ahead and uh, just give us an opinion on the uh, Melvin Gordon and uh, Philip Lindsay debate. Anywho, we'll get out of here, uh, everybody else. And as always, peace. Thank you for watching the Sports Brief Podcast. If you would like to see our newest videos, keep in touch with the latest sports issues, or check in on your favorite team, be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.